The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Toe Fox. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Faux Fop. I'm Will Anderson and uh, guest Charlie Clawson, number one, Dave Anthony is here. Hello! Hello, Dave. Hi, how are you? Uh, welcome to our award-winning podcast. It's really something tonight. I mean, uh, I think I told you this the other day. I sent you a little email, but iTunes Australia named uh, Fofop the you, best yeah. podcast uh, of the year. So I'm like 25% right. You've of been the a best big part podcast. of it. A year ago, this podcast, like about a year ago, this podcast didn't exist. Charlie that left to go away and be a big celebrity, and I didn't yeah. know whether I was going to have a podcast. Yeah. And what I've learned from that is. Since we got rid of him, yes. things have really the worked out. The weights have lifted. You know, My God. before Jon Stewart was on The Daily Show, it was Craig Kilborn. Right. Nobody remembers People that. People hated The Daily Show. And everyone was like, oh my God, it's going to be terrible without Craig Kilborn. And right. now it doesn't even exist. Craig who? Where is Kilborn? Charlie, what? Yeah. The actor guy? <laughs> no, he was never on that podcast. <laughs> Uh, so that was very exciting. So I do want to say thank you to those guys for doing that, but also thank you to everyone for listening during the year. That's been really cool. Uh, this is my first podcast. Well, I was going to say my first podcast in my new apartment, but we're well, not. We're not in your new apartment. We're not in my new apartment. We're above your new apartment. We are above. We're on the roof. Yep. It's a spectacular view behind you. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm looking out just night, nighttime, city of Los Angeles, lights. It's really spectacular. I'm uh, looking over your shoulder at a flashing hotel. <laughs> like Didn't it you keeps flashing, that the, so that's the hotel you stayed in, right? Yeah, and it it just flashes. I don't know what's going on with that, that's but a, oh, they're obviously having some sort of party there. Or I think it's a TV screen. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think it's some kind of TV screen. Yeah, but there's something that that's something very exciting going oh, on yeah. over your shoulder. Well, we really know how to do it in LA. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice. Um, the the apartment uh, building. So I just got a new. Well, I just am renting a new yes. apartment. Uh, in LA, and uh, have a bed. I have a bed. Congratulations! We're on the box. roof because I have no furniture. You have a box. You've seen. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I had to make a call uh, when you were coming over to do the podcast. Yeah. Which was in that box. There's like a poof. A what? A poof. Okay, hold on. Hang on. No, <laughs> not the, not the. Well, I don't know what that means. What, what, you don't know what a poof is? No. Is poof an Australian term? It's a P O U F E poof. P O U F E. I think so. A poof. No, I have no idea what that is. It's a like a. Uh, I think you might like call a beanbag. It, no, it's like an ottoman. Like oh, it's a, you call it a poof? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? I've never had a lower opinion of Australians. <laughs> so it's it, so funny that the words are so different. <laughs> It's so weird. In my living room, I have, speak English. I have a poof in a box, in a cardboard box. And uh, I, I was trying to work out <laughs> whether, 
<laughs> to get the poof out of the box. Get the poof out of the box. <laughs> well, no, because as, as you've seen, at the moment, the poof is the poof box. Yeah, is my it's my desk. Yes, it is your desk because I don't have any furniture in if the entire you, house. If you take the poof out, will the will the box collapse? Yes, I can't use. The, the, I can't use how, the bosk as my de- how <laughs> boss big, is the desk without the poof. But how big is the poof? Can you just take the poof out sideways and have it be your desk? Well, no, 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 because the poof is... Yeah. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of... You know what it is? When I bought it, uh, it's, it's actually a really kind of cool poof um, in that it's kind of a mixture between a coffee table and a poof. Like it's a... Coffee table poof hybrid. I just feel. I just realized what's driving me insane about this. What? Because in England, the word faggot means cigarette. And fag, s- not faggot. Fag, you, fag. fag. You can't fag, go up to somebody and say, say "Can I have a faggot?" Can I bump a faggot? <laughs> okay, so really the word, but the word fag is equally offensive fag. here. Yeah, it's equally offensive right. here. And the word poof, if I'm not mistaken, is equally offensive there. Right. Uh, well, I think uh, I mean spelled differently, yeah, but, poof. but the, yeah. it sounds uh, look, the same. I think it's, certainly to call someone a poof is offensive, not as offensive as calling someone a fag. Is that also an offensive term in Australia? Yeah, but not like yeah. I mean, definitely. If, if you feel like that bloke's a poof, but if you, but you but could that also, guy would be like, I'm an ottoman. So what? Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? You got me on a tail. I also enjoy men, but I am I'm an ottoman. <laughs> Um, so it's like a, cause I didn't want to get a coffee table, but you need yeah. someone, something when you get like a couch, you need something in the area in front of the couch to put stuff But I on. would get the couch first. Oh no, no. I got it all at the same oh, time. Oh, it's coming. It just takes. Oh. What? They're sending it in little pieces? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you had shops in America. Did that was my. <laughs> did you go to like a practical joke? furniture store it turns out dave I'll, I'll give some people some tips on if you're if you're looking yeah. to completely because i'm i'm starting again from scratch so yeah. to give some background in in the past like i've been coming back and forward uh, to america for the last three years yes but i've been doing it in short bursts and so i've either i had an apartment for a while which was just a fully furnished apartment yeah you you moved into a fully furnished apartment right but Charlie essentially slept on your couch for a while essentially that's like living in just a hotel that you stay in a lot. Yeah, it's not yours. It's you still don't have your stuff. Right. It's still not. You still don't feel like you've really, you know, put. Yeah, down you're your there. Own roots. It's like being in a hotel. It really is. And so I wanted to kind of, I think, career-wise, and just like as a, like this year was about me. In the past, I've always been based in Australia because yeah. I have a house in Australia and my career's in Australia. Right. I always felt like I, I'm based in Australia, but I've been over here visiting. Right. And I felt like I needed to make a transition, which was that I wanted to make sure that I was living here. Is it going? Yeah, it's going. I just wanted you to, want to make check. sure. You, so I, I, I want to call it your bicontinental, I would say. Right. That means something different in <laughs> no, our well, country. America, we call it in a box. <laughs> Why does he have a poof in a box? Oh, he's bicontinental. He's bicontinental. <laughs> he was bicurious, and now he's bicontinental. <laughs> so you, you um, essentially live in two places now. Right. So, and But I wanted my sort of thing to be like, well, I'm based in America now, and I will go back to Australia to tour. Because I felt right. like that was an important, if I was going to you know, build a career here, I wanted to feel like I was based here. Right. And I was going, you know, back to Australia. Right. So I felt like it was necessary for me to, to get a place and, you know, get my own stuff and like, you know, make it mm-hmm. my own, own apartment. Yeah. So it turns out 
that are really, really terrible time to try to buy stuff and get oh, it delivered God, and installed. Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. Oh, my God, what a nightmare. Is in between <laughs> Black Friday, which is your like biggest sales event, yeah. and Christmas. I mean, I literally... Like, I live right next to the one of the biggest, probably the most popular mall in L.A., the Grove. I live right next to it. I I drive different ways to get to my house to avoid the entire area. Like, I always come from the north now. It's hell right now. Right. If for a month, it's hell. Because people in Australia might not know what Black Friday is. We have a, a, quite a similar thing on Boxing Day, the Boxing Day sales. Okay. And where they have that same doorbuster thing where, yeah. like... You will hear of like you know nanas who've been lining up since yeah. you know midnight to get like get, two dollars stockings. Yeah, a shitty TV and, that and they're crawling over each other and yeah. bashing each other. You guys with. have you guys have the violence? Not quite to the ex- extent I that mean, you guys do. Yeah, we like to kill each other. I mean, you. T- <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have guns, so it's <laughs> no, a lot harder to. But a lot of that's not guns. A lot of no. it's just us beating each other, it's senseless. Right. And why wouldn't you? It's an it's a toaster that is over there for $5. I think it's heightened here because as a country, you are so much closer to the purge being a documentary. Oh yeah. Like as a country, your system is set up and I've heard you speak about this before, but your system is set up so that people are poor here. Yes. You know, there are people on minimum wage who aren't making enough to survive. Right. A minimum wage is meant to be the minimum you can make to survive. Right, our minimum wage is horrific. Yeah, it's less than what you need to survive. Yes. And so there's a system whereby people are willing to... I mean, I went by the, the, the Best Buy, which is like yeah. a... There were people camped out... Two days before. The day before... So Black Friday two, is... Start two days so this before. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Black Friday is the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So you have Thanksgiving with your family. Yeah. You spend that with your loved ones. Yeah. And you celebrate what it's meant to be to be a family. And then the day after, you have this big shopping day. (laughs) These people just went, fuck the family. I have to sleep on a footpath outside of Best Buy. Yeah. Not only for two days beforehand, but sleep through. That would be like if you wanted to go to the Boxing Day sales, you had to, the day before Christmas, start sleeping there. So you you miss Christmas. You say that, but how else are you going to get 40 bucks off an iPad? And Think this is the point, it. because they have to, though. The system is set up so that almost... that they it's, it's actually worse than that, because the people who are making minimum wage now have to work in jobs on all... They can't go to Thanksgiving right. dinner, because they're working starting at mealtime is when the stores are opening. So all those minimum wage, wage people are now working in stores when they should be home with their families. I mean, it's just, while the other ones who aren't who aren't with their families are out in line, it's a total disaster. And I know that people seem like there'd be people who argue that well, you know, that's the. I don't know if that is a good way of the world. Oh no, it's terrible. I, I I think that we've set it up wrong. Oh, it's completely wrong. We are we are we are capitalism run amok. Like, there's no like, let's put some, let's just not do some things. There's none of that happening here. And there's no thought into. I, I was thinking of this because I was in. Uh, I, I went to Cleveland to do some shows. Yeah, and. So the improv? Know, no, I did uh, hilarities. Oh, I, I don't know where that one is. Oh my god, it's so fantastic! Really? Yeah, the dude who runs it. So Jake Johansson was there the week before. Uh-huh. I was filling in for Kevin Pollock, who pulled out that week. They get yeah. like, but I mean, the names that were going through. John Caparello was there the week after. Yeah. Like the, a good club with like you know good people coming through. Yeah. Um, full every night, like every mm-hmm. show full. It's a big theater, like. I guess they probably get like six hundred people, five or six hundred oh, people it's one in. Of those. It's like 
It's massive. And is it, they pack it in? They packed it in. Wow. Because, I mean, I guess at that point of year, it was like a lot of Christmas parties and work functions. Oh, yeah, a lot of Christmas parties. And, and people, honestly, they like to go out when it's cold. They, they can't really go out, so they go out to, like, clubs and stuff. So, it snowed from the minute I got there to yeah. the minute I left. Yeah, you were out there for like the Like, it storms. snowed the entire time yeah. I was there. The people, like, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, you did? Which was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but that was the only thing I did. The most touristy thing. People were like, what did you see of Cleveland? I said, well, one day when I was in the gym, I watched Major League. <laughs> that's a documentary, right? Yeah, that's a documentary. I saw more of Cleveland watching Major League while I yeah, was on the treadmill. Yeah, that was enough, actually. Than, uh, there's not a lot to do in Cleveland anyway. Well, there's a rock and roll hall of the fun. Yeah, but then after that, it's pretty slim pickings. Right. <laughs> uh, they have some good restaurants. I, mm-hmm. I went to a couple. I went to the. Uh, they have their own Iron Chef, Michael Simon. Oh. Uh, he and so I went to his restaurant, which was was fantastic. Did they have a Hooters? Um, they might have. I did. There wasn't one. See, I, down I, near the Improv, there's a Hooters. Right. Well, this was. Yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> I basically saw between my hotel. And the venue, which was pretty much across the road from my hotel. Yeah. And uh, Nick, the guy who runs the place, he's this, uh, I mean, just a guy who loves comedy. Been running the room for like, I guess, 20, 25 years, something ridiculous like that. Um, Still loves comedy, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. Picks me up on the first day, took me to all the the local press. Yeah. Because it's Cleveland, you don't just do morning radio oh. you do like i did um, you did the whole day i did kind of good thing? morning cleveland oh, like the television yeah, show yeah. and i like did the local fox television yeah. show like you're on one of those sets where that's so weird next up we're talking to the queen of carrots <laughs> 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 that's so weird and and but he did that sort of thing of like we went to this uh very famous local breakfast place called slimans and uh it's um everyone in there's like a cop or a uh, you know, that's like working men, that sort of thing. Yeah, everyone class. knows Nick. You know, everyone oh, really? in town knows Nick. That's awesome. You go in, the guy like who who runs Sliman, Mr. Sliman. Yeah. Uh, Simple Sliman. Uh, he He's like, you know, we'll sort you out. It's yeah. a place where Nick asked for a tiny little bit of corned beef on the side of and his thing. he gets thing. a big slab. I th- it was like, I, it was a barely killed cow. <laughs> 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 it, was a, it was a cow just chewing some salt. I don't, Nick like, is the man. It was, you know, it was that sort of yeah. So place, fantastic dude. Like, did that thing at the like? I mean, at the end of the run, like, you know, did the thing of like giving me a little extra, yeah, you know, money for the thing, and, yeah. Like, you know, real so quality guy. But, so but, oh, sorry, so we go. On. They they didn't know who you were, but they packed it out. Well. So he was telling me this at the end, which was part of the reason when he did the uh-huh. big, you know, little secret handshake. That's going to come the, to free tickets. He said, "Well, no, because most of the people had booked for Pollock already because it was Christmas parties, oh. and so he pulled out at the last moment. That's how right. I get most of these yeah, gigs. Sure. He's like, I'm, you know, yeah. feeling guy, right? Yeah. And uh, so they, he said, they went to most of them and said, look, you know, you know Kevin Pollock's not coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got this other guy. This is who it is. Uh, you have the opportunity to to not." Right. Take the tickets. We'll refund them. You can do them another time. Yeah. But of course, a lot of these people are yeah, at a even... Christmas function or yeah. it's a thing. They're like, yeah. you know, so they're like, well, we can't just, we can't have a Christmas function in January when Pollock's back. Right. You know, we're well, going to Well, you could, anyway. but it'd be weird. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It'll still be snowing. <laughs> It'll be snowing and you can hear Shatner. Right. So, um, so, so they mostly came, but his thing was like, he was really happy because the feedback he got was Positive. that people had really enjoyed themselves and, and that sort of thing. So, um, 
But he also was like, it was classic. On the last night, he got the local cops to walk me back across the road to the hotel. What? Just like as a, <laughs> you make sure he gets home okay. <laughs> it was like, it was across the road. Were you? Were you? <laughs> it's like he's the godfather. Right. That's what it was like. That's so weird. It was so weird. But what was brilliant? What? How far was the walk? Ah, uh, I it, it, less than it took us to get from my apartment to this roof. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of violence on that street. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> Maybe a random snowball. Like it's pretty dangerous out there when I you're might, crossing that street. I mean, I had had a, a reasonable amount to drink that sure. night. Uh, they have this brew down there called. Well, then it's dangerous because if you fall down in the snow. Public liability insurance. Hey, but you hey, could you could just fall down and pass out and you'd be dead. That is true. Yeah, so that's why they do that. Um, I uh, had been drinking this thing they have called Christmas ale, uh-huh. and it's like beer but eleven percent. Oh yeah, <sighs> that's deadly. Oh, it's beer. That, it's deadly, beer that's like a shot. If by deadly you mean the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I went through some Christmas ale yeah. on that weekend. Yeah, when we were doing the double shows, I. <laughs> Oh, uh, how's the second shows? Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. I would have people stare at me like, "What are you talking about?" I don't know either. Um, so, but you know, one of those clubs where very proud of like their menu, very proud of like the restaurant. Yeah, well, that's that's wanted rare. you to eat every night. Like yeah. you know that it was it was fantastic. He hooked me up at the. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He like, uh, of course got, he did. Yeah, rock, yeah. <laughs> got a private tour. Hey, uh, Will Anderson's coming down. You're gonna take care of him. Who? Take care of him. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, uh, got a private tour from a guy. Uh-huh. Got got a, got to see some stuff they don't normally show. People. It's amazing. Got to see. Uh, well, I didn't actually. I didn't get to see all of it, but I got some of the. Got to hear about some of the stuff they're not allowed to show people. Yeah. Like. Uh, I didn't know they had that. There. Yeah, they have. Um, John Lennon's glasses with actual blood on them. Oh, really? Yep, they have those. Holy shit. Yeah, but they used to have them on display, but they had to take it. People got upset about the fact really? that Really? Yeah. Did people, did people not know he was dead? <laughs> <laughs> people just standing in front of the glass saying, Spoiler alert! <laughs> It's so fascinating. People get upset by that. Uh, they have a lock of uh, Bob Marley's hair that then I'll let it show because apparently Jamaicans don't like you to show. Like uh, once someone's dead, you're not allowed to show body parts, p- body stuff? parts or something. Okay, all right, that's okay. Uh, yeah. Got to hear a lot of good inside stories, a bit of inside goss because Kiss are getting inducted this year. Oh, I disagree, and they hate Kiss. Well, so do I. They're they're a terrible band. Well, Kiss, they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Kiss are one of the only bands that have tried to charge them to use because everything in there is donated. Oh, of course they have. And Kiss, they are, they're well known for that. Right. They they're just money hungry assholes. I mean, come on! It's the so, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Would yeah. you think that you just that you let them to... play the song without making them pay for it? No, not Kiss. But like, there's so much stuff in there that's like. You know, this is the you know guitar that Bruce Springsteen wrote, or these are the yeah. lyrics that you know, yeah. or this is John Lennon's glasses with yeah. blood on it. No, you should be happy to be a part of it, and part like, of like this rich music tapestry. Yeah. But they're not though. But they're not. They were never about music. They're just they just aren't. Right. Yeah. They give stuff to the Makeup Hall of Fame for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the Flash Pots <laughs> Hall of Fame. So, um, so that yeah, that was pretty exciting. The the thing that was not uh, quite as exciting. This is a first. You think you'll be able to hear it? Uh, the the helicopter. The police helicopter going over us. 
That's pure Los Angeles. I don't know if people can hear it, but it's beautiful. The beautiful sound of L.A. L.A. at night. L.A. at night. Helicopters. Not as bad as it used to be, though. In the past two years, they've really cut it down quite a bit. Do you think it's because there's less crime or they've just given up taking the helicopter People started complaining about it a lot. They're like, it's not worth it. Right, for the noise, you mean? Is that what... Yeah, because you'd be woken up in the middle of the night or just just a helicopter sitting over your house so you can't watch your TV because it's so loud for 20 minutes is annoying. What is the helicopter doing? What does it do? Okay, so right now it's just on a patrol, but they'll get a call somewhere in the city. Right. uh, You know, we're chasing a guy. And so they will head over with the helicopter and the cops will sort of tell them in the general area and they'll start flashing the light down and often it'll spook the guy out. And he'll run again. Interesting. Or they'll just know where he is, and they'll just keep the light on him. But if there's like a like if there's like a bad crime, like you know whatever, someone shooting at a cop, they'll go over there and shine the light on the guy. That kind of stuff. Okay. All right. It's good times. Yeah, good times. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, I know, but you know what? Like, I don't know if I've ever spoken about this on the podcast, but where I live in Sydney is uh, very close to a place called the Gap, which is uh, Sydney's most popular suicide. Oh really? Yeah. So okay. it's right on the edge of Australia, and it's yeah. it's like a big cliff that if you jump off, you're gone. You're gone. How how far down is it? Far enough that you die pretty much all the time. Oh, every you know, yeah. there's not there's not because like, like San Francisco Bridge, there's survivors, and it's pretty high. Yeah, I I don't think it would be as high as the San Francisco Bridge, but it, you know how the San Francisco Bridge is over water. Yeah. This one, like, oh, there's not. You're mostly going to land on rocks way before the. Oh, water. that's really like hard you'd, to come you'd be back doing from. A, <laughs> you'd be doing a pretty good job to make it to the water over the rocks. Like it wouldn't be so much a suicide as like one of those cops are chasing yeah. someone and jump over and try to make to the water yeah. thing. Yeah. And so, one of the most beautiful places in Australia, big tourist place. You know, busloads of you know Japanese tourists every day will come around to walk around. Like I used to walk the dog around there every mm-hmm. day. It's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. You see out into the ocean through the harbour, but also has this is tinged with this sort of dark side, this sadness. And sure. when you live in that part of the world, the only time you ever really hear a helicopter is if oh, someone has either jumped off or if yeah. a fisherman, because people will fish Found down on the someone. rocks, have been uh, they get washed into the oh, ocean. Yeah, sure. if the, so, if you ever hear a helicopter where I live at home, it's, it's bad. bad news. There's never well. a good helicopter yeah. throwing candy out. There was an amazing story uh, uh, about this guy they called the Angel of the Gap. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a guy who lived right near where the, the suicide place was. Yeah. And he was famous uh, for, he would, if, if he saw somebody who was going to go and jump. He'd try and th- talk to him. That he would go down or- there. Like, he'd either make them a cup of tea or take down a beer or whatever. Yeah. And he would talk to these people and it saved quite a lot of people over the years, but just by having a chat to them. And Could you imagine? Uh, I I mean, yeah, I could see doing that, but also the ones that you don't. Right. I mean, that's, I I mean, mean, that, that's the most amazing thing about this story. Like, I'm fascinated by this story. Like, he died a couple of years ago and I... There was there was a part of me that was like I want to make this into a movie or a it's book. It's a great idea. Yeah, I don't know if I'm the person who has the skills to do that, but I don't know. It seems very comedy oriented. What <laughs> <laughs> a sitcom! But think about it: the knowledge oh that my God. this man would have about yeah. life, because he talked to people at their most vulnerable, bare, their yeah. most vulnerable, right? Yeah. And I'd love to know. I mean, I just would have loved to have talked to him. I would have loved to say, what did you say to people? Like, how do you even start that conversation? I think, and I think a lot of those people are just so trapped 
they're so they've so been in their heads for so long without talking to anyone that just getting down there and talking to another human can sort of snap them out of that a little bit. Right. Well, that's what because I would sometimes imagine. I think perhaps it's firstly that you're alone. Yes. Like, you know. Yeah, you're alone. Or, you or feel something alone. has gone wrong and you yep. feel alone and you're just not talking to people. And you feel like that you can't go on from what, you know, yeah. that, that things can't get worse. Because anytime I've been really depressed or in a dark place, it's because I'm not, I'm just isolating and I'm not talking to anyone. And then someone comes in and goes, how's it going? I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. You know, and you just sort of come out of it. There is something that very powerful about being able to talk about something that can get yeah. through it. But There's just that idea of like, even, you know, the fact that he, you know, like it's weird. That he thought of it? Yeah. And that you know, and it, be, it became his thing. Like, it would be interesting to know what he, because I mean, obviously he felt like he got something out of it as well. Because well, the other thing is that it's got to be traumatic because not everybody, he didn't save everybody. Be. Yeah, it has so to be horrible. how haunted must and you be by the people who... And the professionals do that are trained right. well before they get in there. Like, this was just a dude who was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah, but the rush you must and get what if someone's when you save asshole? someone. <laughs> what if someone is an <laughs> asshole and you're like, uh, and you, you save him and then you're like, fuck this and you push him. <laughs> 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 He's going to do it anyway. He's a total dick. Uh, honey, there's someone out there. Put the kettle on. <laughs> but God, I, I, know, I, right? I just think that would be an amazing insight into humanity. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Are there phones out there? So... There's fences. Uh-huh. There's uh, Lifeline, which do, do a great job. I've had a couple it's of a li- lifeline. so Lifeline's a uh, an organisation in Australia that is not funded as well as it should be. And if you're ever thinking of an organisation that you'd like to um, donate money to, mm-hmm. uh, there's an organisation called Lifeline, which is a 24 hour hotline that you can ring if you're feeling right. like you're going to kill yourself. And there's trained operators on the other side of the right whose job it is to be able to talk to you. Yeah, I've had people very very close to me. Who I believe lo- their lives have been saved by, by that, yeah, yeah, and for the very reason that you've just said, like yeah. that sometimes you just need someone to talk to, right? And particularly, perhaps sometimes you need someone to talk to who you don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that oh, maybe yeah. is like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, you're like sure. all the people. Like I've done, you think you've done something terrible, or maybe you've even done something terrible, yeah, and you can't talk to any of your friends about it, yeah. But you need to talk to somebody. Someone. And you can't stop a stranger on the street and start talking to him because that that doesn't go well. I killed my uncle's dog. What? I fucked the pumpkin and there's pictures on the internet. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm okay. I'm going to go to the store. Was it Halloween? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But, yeah, so... Uh, so they have all the numbers of a lifeline. They have the telephones that go directly, I believe, to... Yeah, yeah if you just that's what they have on, the, they, on the, uh, the San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge. Phones you can just pick up and immediately someone's there. Yeah. So I think that... And nets. <laughs> Do they really? If you jump, usually the winds hit you and you get blown into the nets. Oh, they do have nets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nets. Well, that, I think they were first put up to save I mean, the workers. That's fun. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Trust me. Don't think we didn't talk about it in high school. Don't think we didn't talk about it. We definitely had a couple of drunken nights. We're like, so we could find out on the nets. Right. I'd jump into them. I mean, as long as I'm pretty sure, as long guy, as we aim at the nets, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure guys in my high school actually went into the nets, but it's um, yeah, it's pretty sad. So uh, anyway, an insight into humanity and the way that our society is structured is that often economics they talk. The idea of something might be okay, but no one actually thinks of what the practical like. 
people always talk about the idea of trickle-down economics. Yeah. Now, if people don't understand what trickle-down economics is, it's this lie. <laughs> it's a lie that rich people... It's such, have, it's <laughs> such an insane lie. It's an insane lie. <coughs> right. Uh, basically, it's the idea, and it's like... It's the, ever, literally the opposite of reality. Right. If you ever hear about rich people going, well, if you give us a tax break, we'll create more money and we'll spend more money and then yeah. that trickles down the economy yeah. and everybody does better. Yeah. Except that proof has yeah. shown that, that <laughs> that's does not not, not not true at all. It turns out that the rich people get all the money yeah. and they can't spend it all. Right, so they, they keep just, it. In fact, they spend it on their rich mates trying to make sure that they can all stay really, really rich yeah. and that they can come up with a system whereby it is almost impossible for a poor person to get out of the yes. system that they have come up with. It's pretty great. Right. And you see it in practical ways every day. So when I flew back from Cleveland, uh, it's meant to be like a five, five and a half hour flight. Yeah. And I'm flying... You know, economy like you yeah. know, you you get the allowance from the yes. the club. I'm I'm living in a new place, and I'm I've had to you know furnish a whole new apartment. Sure, You're cutting back a little bit, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, so you know, I'm flying down the back of the plane yeah. and right down the back, not yeah. even in the economy seats with the extra all the way back room. where they smell from I, the toilets. I was in the second last to the oh, toilet. Oh, that's road. a bad smelling area. Seat, that's a bad seat 31A. I oh, was in. Oh, long flight. That is I was nice. in a seat where in that the morning where I was about to get on the plane, I had to choose. Even though I was tired and it was an early morning, I chose not to have a coffee. Yeah. Because I knew that I would have to climb over people. Yeah. And go to the bath. Like when yeah. you're making decisions of like. I'm going to limit my fluid intake. <laughs> it's not good. It's not. It's terrible. It's, not good. it's a bad flight. It's terrible. It's taken an extra two hours because we had to sit on the runway for the snow to. Yep. Because you've got to let the snow melt off the plane. And then they have to put the de-icing stuff on after right. the snow and blo- It just—it's a nightmare. Were there babies back there? Usually, put babies back there. Actually, no. I was okay. next to an Indian man who fell asleep, uh, and did this amazing thing, uh-huh. which was every. He would snore, yeah. But then the next snore would be like a, just a massive sniff, and then the next one would be a snore. Dude, it was a pattern, though. It was. <laughs> <laughs> he he created his own. Every snore is unique. I mean, everyone. Yeah. Uh, he'd bought on a bag of donuts. Okay. <laughs> So he was a healthy gentleman. Oh, he was a he was a big fella. I mean, when you bring a bag of donuts, you're committing to a lifestyle. Basically, like as soon as he sat down, I was like, okay, so one arm rest for me. <laughs> I love that guy. I love that guy. Like there was just no, yeah. there, was, there was not even a way for me to maneuver yeah. part of the armrest. Right, you're right. You're, there's just no, it's not happening. And I'm reading this book at the moment called uh, uh, "Fat Salt Sugar" or "Fat Sugar Salt Fat" or. This uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist said... But either way, it was insulting. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's an amazing book uh, by this Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist about how processed food companies have hooked America on. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't realize that a lot of the processed food companies are owned by like Philip Morris and all the big tobacco companies, and they use the exact same techniques that they use to hook us on these things yeah i mean it's a it's terrible it's a fascinating book though like i mean it's one of the most 
And it's not, this guy doesn't really set out with an agenda. This is like a journalist. This is not someone writing one of those, you've got to stop eating sugar or whatever books. It's purely about how these massive companies get together to make sure. Like in a a room? Like they, GM calls up. There was like, they had a meeting. And they go, hey. People aren't no. smoking as much. Can we get them to eat? Right. <laughs> how can we kill people? But it was like, how do we get them addicted? It's because, not, it sounds the like the about, beginning of a vampire movie where they're trying to fatten everybody up. Because processed foods, like most of them, convenience foods, as they call them, yeah, uh, are foods that don't really... Do anything. Help. Right. No nutrition. And there's no particular reason for you to have them. Like, but you like want to keep eating Breakfast them. or lunch or dinner. Oh, better than that. There's some that if they make them right, oh. make you want to eat more. Even though you're full, right. you'll keep eating. Oh, you'll just keep eating. Those are actually called Cheez-Its. Well, it's and they're the greatest thing ever, so I don't want to hear any more. So no, they, I know. There, there, are, there are foods, snacks, chips, whatever, that I'll be eating and I'll be like, I'm not hungry anymore right. and I'm still eating them. Right. Because they, oh, I mean... They, they did this experiment with rats because rats don't like to come out of corners, even when they're in like a you know cage or whatever. And oh, really? Yeah, they're a corner animal. They're corner animals. <laughs> <you're right. laughs> but if you put like you know a cheese it or like an Oreo or whatever yeah. in the middle, the rat will just come out and just fucking. He's like, hello. Like, <laughs> All my instincts gone. Because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they affect your brain in these ways. Yeah. And again, like. You know, I was drinking a Coke like while I was reading this thing, but the stuff they say about like oh. Coca-Cola and all these companies Let and the way that they target, like, I mean, it's amazing. The best thing I ever did in my life was quitting Coke and Diet Coke, mostly Diet Coke. I've never felt that. That completely changed my life. Well, soda in general is, yeah. and this book in particular, and if you look at obesity in particular, yeah, it's almost has a direct correlation to people's use of soda. So they have this guy who worked at Coca-Cola for like 30 or 40 years. And he, in the end, when they were trying to sell Coca-Cola to Brazilians in the slums, he went there to visit and he was like, you know what these people need? Not a Coke. They don't need a Coke. They need lots of other things, but they don't need Coke. Like meat and fish. They need stuff like that. And they they did this thing of going, because, you know, people make the argument that, you know, Coke is a sometimes thing. And I enjoy Coca-Cola. I love Coke. It's a delicious drink to me. Yeah. But... The problem is... There's no such thing as a sometimes thing? Right, but also the way they sell them, they don't want it to be a sometimes like you, thing. Like, you, you, aren't, you aren't going in to buy a Coke, you're going in to buy 12. And they invented supersizing. Oh. They invented... The Coke people did? Yeah, and like, they invented, like, uh, meals, you know, when you go to, hungry, to McDonald's or to, like, Burger King or whatever, where it's like with a Coke? Coke invented that. Burger King shit. didn't invent that. They just really? wanted... Yeah. They were like, how can we get people to drink more Coke? And they refer to their people as heavy users. And like they want, because they want, because only 20%. I mean, that is a fair, heavy user is a fair term. But 20%, <laughs> only 20% of people or whatever drink Coke. So they just want them to drink more They Coke. want them to drink more. Right, and rather stop. than. Stop. Break the and, cycle. And the thing is that soda more than anything uh, are calories that don't feel like calories. And they're totally, and it's, it's the most useless thing you can put in your body. Right. I mean, it's just sugar water. It doesn't just, fill and, you up. Or, and high fructose corn syrup is even worse than sugar. Oh, and so that story as well about how they stopped using sugar and started using... Yeah. I mean, anyway. It's horrific. This book is absolutely fa- fascinating. I'll post the, the proper name of it and the author of it uh, on the website so people can, can have a look. So I'm I'm sitting there, but I, I was taken by the fact that uh, I'm in the cheapest seats. 
so I'm I'm pretty much last to load, right? Yeah. Now, what that means on American planes, people around the world, because it's not as bad as this in Australia yet, but people... What's happened in America is airlines realize, hang on, you know what? We can charge, we won't put it in the fee. Right. We won't put baggage in the fee. Right. So most planes you catch, I think some of the cheaper airlines in Australia now, like if you, like you now have to pay for your baggage, right? But in the old days, you got like one bag or whatever you could put under the plane. Yeah. Because you know where the best place to put a, a giant bag is? Under the plane. Of course. Why can't we put the bags under the plane, right? <laughs> but they were like, oh, no, no, no. We, we're, we're capitalists. We can charge people $25 per bag. Yeah. Let's do that. Now, in the old days, they were probably still charging people $25 per bag, right? Yeah. But they included it in the price. They were like, oh, right. no, well, we won't do that now, right? We'll so take it, it out seems of the like price a cheaper so it ticket. seems cheaper. Yeah, and it's not. It's like not putting... Like, that's my big fucking thing that I always shits me about this country, is that tax isn't included in the price. Like, uh, Oh, it's included in the price down there? Yes. Of course. Like, so that makes sense, I guess, right. when I think about it. So, so, that we, so you know what you're paying. <laughs> I guess, but I guess we just we just grew up with it, so right. when we buy something, we automatically in our heads include the tax. Right. But, but it's like tipping. Tipping is like, the thing that shits me about tipping is not having to do it the thing that shits me about tipping is that it's the company making you pay for their employee which is their responsibility right you should include like that in the price well i thought then you should give it to i didn't realize i was gonna be talking to some communist (laughs) (laughs) you know okay Karl marx but you know because look it's, it's a way it's a way for i mean they're what they say is well then we'd have to raise prices just yes. fucking bullshit. How you about you just make less profit? No, you make less profit. What it is is it's a way for the 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 poor guy to have to pay the other poor guy right. to bring him food. But that's what it is. But it's also a way for the rich guy to pretend he's not charging you that. Yeah. He's still charging you that. Right. He's just making it seem like it's not. Oh, yeah. plus you have to pay the tax and plus you have to pay the right. the, the server. We're paying the tax on the server in Australia as well. Yeah. It's just there in the price that you actually see on the menu. So instead of you going, oh, that's eight bucks, it's not eight bucks. It's like 15 or whatever it's yeah. going to be at the end, which is fine. I don't have a problem with the actual cost. I have a problem with the fact that it's a big guy <laughs> screwing the fucking little guy, right? Yeah, that's all America is. Right. So America this should be called the big guy screwing the little guy. By the way, here's a tip. If you're ever in a place like, say, a Subway sandwich shop, right. if you're ever in a, in a place where they say, do you want it to stay or to go... Always say to go in America. Why? No taxes. If you go. But really? if you say I'm going to eat it here, you get taxed. Little Is tip. Right. Little tip for my fans Dave and other a, people who don't like Dave me. has actually <laughs> been my, uh, you're, you're, you've been my phone a friend option on tipping etiquette. I, I did. Yeah, you did. You I texted <laughs> Dave the other day when I was getting something delivered. When I was getting my bed delivered, I was like, do I tip the bed delivery guys? <laughs> Because I never know. Well, the problem with who that is... Who do I tip? Because like, do I tip the guys who installed my TV today? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, the thing is, is a lot of it depends on... Like, the the bed delivery guy is generally just a bed delivery guy, and he might work for different shops. Right. He might have a shitty boss who isn't paying him very well, and he needs tips. You don't know if he's actually... If he's a union guy, and you know that, then he's fine. Right. He's getting paid, but the guys who aren't are mostly making like nine, eight bucks an hour, right? And that's not enough. Yeah. So I, I tip the bed delivery guy. Yeah. Do you think I should have tipped the guys who installed my television? 
Because they work for a big company. They No, which company? Uh, like, I mean, it was through Best Buy, but they have no. like a... Well, I did. So That's, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't good. know. I, I err on the side of doing it rather than not. Well, you know, should no, I Best Buy the, probably Should I have shit. tipped the guy who showed me around my private tour of the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland? Oh, you know. Because I got no. him for free. And like you know, he was like touring around. Do you think I should tip him? No, because it could get it could actually get awkward with a tip like that. The guy could be like, "No, what are you doing?" I'm I I tipped him, but I asked. And what? And I he, said, "Okay, I that's said, good." Do you take tips? And he said, "Oh, sometimes." And then, I said, then that's okay, good. Well, I tipped. Then him. that's good. Yeah. Because I I figure anything that I get for free, like I tip my driver. Like you know, when they send a driver to pick me up at the airport always, for the club gig, always. Like tip. you know, like anything that I'm getting for free, I always think, well. Yeah. I tip uh, at the clubs, like I always tip my serving staff and all those, like you're getting free drinks and all those sort yeah. of things, like all that sort of stuff. I get that. Yep. But the delivery home and the install, it's, oh, it's a fucking mystery. <laughs> I don't know. All it's I'm all saying is my personality is I would err on the side of, yeah, I think tip. if I'm making any mistakes, it's that there's a few people walking away from doing things for right. me going, well, this has worked out well. <laughs> Ah, what a sucker. <laughs> right. I like Australians. <laughs> I forgot the other half of your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Why did they bring this five times? <laughs> um, so. How long did it take the guy to install the TV thing on your wall? Oh, uh, it was like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's a long thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that guy's making money because that guy's, that's actually a. I like it's a it. job. Yeah, it's a job. Yeah, I imagined it was a job, but I just don't the know. Guy, the, the guy's delivering the bed can, that can be like an ex con. Like right. it's not. There's not like a school you go to to learn how to bring beds into a house. I don't know if this is, ra- well, this is racial profiling. I was about to say, I don't know if this is racial profiling, but I'm about to say something that's clearly racial profiling. He was Hispanic. Uh, if they're Mexican, I assume they're being ripped off. Yes. So That's a pretty good call. Right? Yeah. So I always, is someone who's like doing something, seems like they're doing it cheap and they're Mexican, I tend to tip quite they're, well because it, I assume that they're, they're the, probably. They're the lowest rung here. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're. You, this They're the easiest a, to take advantage this of. This is an amazing country for never seeing an American person doing a really shitty job. <laughs> like, okay. as in, like, you know, like. So <clears throat> there's this big movement here started by, I think, my father to uh, stop immigrants <laughs> from coming in <laughs> to the country. And so there was this big push in all these countries. So in the South, it took root in laws. Right. So they really clamped down on who you could hire on farms. Right. Specifically on farms is who really got hit. So the they they had to go out and really get Americans. Right. And then stories started cropping up everywhere because the all the vegetables and the fruits and the cotton and whatever else was just rotting on the vine. Yeah. Because they would have guys come in. Now the Mexi- the Mexicans come up. In, it's seasonal. They they live in Mexico. They come up for the season. They make a bunch of money and they go back to Mexico, mm. and they work their ass off while they're here. They yep. live in you know twenty to a fucking apartment. It's just hell what they go through, and then they and then they go back where they can actually the money means more, right? So they're very hardworking. When they went to the Americans and they got Americans to go out to these fields, they said that there were farmers that said they didn't have, out of like 50 guys, they wouldn't have a guy last a day. They would all quit halfway through. None of them did the job. Everything just started rotting on the vines. They're like, this is really hard. They're like, Jesus Christ, this is insane. And you're paying us nothing? I, I couldn't. Look, I, I, my family had a farm. We, we grew pears and like tomatoes and stuff. 
I couldn't imagine going out there and picking that shit. Oh my god, it's horrifying. Yeah, just I mean, and these are these aren't young people either. These are like old people can go out there and do it for hours, just bushels of shit. Right, and they get paid per like bag per or whatever bushel. they pick. Like they get paid per it's per thing. Yeah. And so the Americans are like, oh, I, I just made two cents. Right. I, I got to get out of here. And then uh, it's horrifying. So big business is constantly looking at ways they can... Screw? Screw you. Yeah. But, and, but they're constantly looking at ways where they... So they don't look forward. So they do this sort of thing of going, okay, we'll charge $25 per bag. And what will happen right. is, in their minds, is that... Well, everybody will just pay them $25 extra for a bag. No, not what I did. No. What happens is that everybody... Is carrying it on. Right, it, carrying everything Everything. On. Everybody's packing everything they can into those fucking suitcases. Who, by the way, those people are making a killing. The people who make the suitcases. Right. The tiny suitcases. Yeah. Every I pack all my shit and now. People are now, now people are vacuuming their bags so right. they can fit more stuff in there. It, that's all that's happening. And so now you have to get there early. So Right. So this is my whole point. I'm surprised the planes don't fucking fly upside down, by the way, because they must be top heavy from everybody. Yeah, of course. Like, they get on, and it's like a game of fucking Tetris <laughs> with people trying to fucking jam shit into holes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so if you are in the last third of the plane, you're fucked. Okay, so... Like, you just, like, have to... And so, so what they do is... I don't know if you've noticed this, but this started happening like last year. So we've always had pre-boarding. Yes. Kids, kids, older people get to go on first. Uh, frequent flyers, maybe. And then, like, and, yeah, then and it's always been kids and older people. Okay, and yeah. then frequent flyers. Yep. The military, I the see. First class. The military, and, maybe? Yeah, sometimes. Yep. The first class and, uh, and frequent flyers. And then everybody else gets to go on. Yes. That's not happening anymore. No. That, They're no, selling an early pass... So now people are paying 15, 20, 25, 30, 45 bucks to, to get on the fucking plane early so they don't have to pay a fee for the fucking bag that they're carrying. It's just like it's like getting a new asshole to get fucked in. Right. It's insane. And and they make you line up. Yeah. You've got these gates that have like section A, section B, mm-hmm. section C, section D. And yeah. like you have to line up in your section yeah. to when you can get on. Yeah. It's horrifying. I mean, it's. I was, but, but my point is, like, and, and this is the thing that we don't think through is they think, oh, we're going to make a little bit extra money, and maybe they do make a little bit extra. Money. I right. actually don't think they make any extra money. I think that they, uh, like, as they in, do. like, they could just put that money in the price and they'd still sell the tickets, oh, yes. right? Yes. Um, but what you do do is add to the sum of human misery. Because yeah. what happens is that everybody hates each other. Right. It takes longer to get on. It's annoying because everybody's trying to jam something into some space. Yeah. Now none of us can sit comfortably. I mean, it's hard, tough to sit comfortably in their seats anyway. But no, it's and particularly, are getting tinier and tinier. It's particularly tough if your bag's under your seat and the dude next to you with his bag full of donuts seems to have 15 other bags. How that, many like, donuts were there? I mean, it, look... If it had turned out that he was Indian Santa, and in India, the tradition was that you got a sack of donuts and delivered them to poor Indian children. I'm not saying that's what was happening, but that would not have Did surprised me. Did he eat me. all the donuts? You know what? He actually, this is the most interesting thing is that I expected that at some stage he was going to crack out the, the donuts. Yeah. But he didn't. He just held on to them. He held on to them. So I don't know if they were presents or like if they, he was like... Well, I wonder if Cleveland 
has has great donuts. Like Voodoo Donuts in Portland are well known around the country. Right, they're these amazing donuts okay. that they put all kinds of shit on, like cereal and stuff, and everyone loves Voodoo Donuts. Uh-huh. So I wonder if there's a donut place in Cleveland, and he's like, "You guys gotta try these." Right, it's probably what it was. Well, Either that, or he's just a fat guy who likes to always have donuts with him. In uh, Australia, when Krispy Kreme first came to Australia. I remember when it came to New York. Uh, there was, like, people would, because it was, at, I think it was, like, at the Sydney airport, and there yeah. was only, like, one other shop, and you would see people was, yeah. get onto planes with, with... Yeah, I remember that. People had the boxes. Big boxes of Yeah, donuts. it was pandemonium. Yeah. Yeah. Until then, people started putting on the internet that you could just put one of those donuts out on the street for 12 months, and it would just be the same. What? Yeah. They have, like... It's like the, you know... The, the McDonald's burgers that never go off if you, like, put a... Again, is that this, true? Yeah, in this book they talk about why that is because of the preservatives and the blah, in the Krispy Kreme. Yeah, but yeah, you, oh, but it you, seems so pure. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so lied to. It seemed like we had something so beautiful. Have, have, how many of those have you ever eaten in one sit down? Oh Jesus, I want to say like six. I'm. I once, because I the first time I had a Krispy Kreme, I was like, "Oh it's, yeah, right." No, it's it's pretty close to sex. I remember eating one day. Uh, I ate two and a half of them, and I think I had an aneurysm. Like my brain <laughs> shut down. Like I was honestly like, "Why does my head hurt?" Feels like my brain has swollen and it doesn't fit in my head anymore. Is this is this how I'm meant to feel? I, when I ate them, I was probably already so crazy right. that it didn't affect me at all. I just went, this is how, my, this is how I am. Fucking I, I remember insane. eating a lot of them when I first had them. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're yeah. pretty amazing. There's something pretty special. But, um, yeah, I think that the whole system's set up to... America couldn't right now be a system more f- set up to fuck the... The poor guy and the middle class guy. That's why, I mean, I mean, when Graham was on, I talked about this. Like, America's getting very close to snapping. Right. And this is the thing. I mean, the I think that why the, you know, when Russell Brand, you know, the whole Russell Brand revolution, you know, yeah, I haven't, around. Yeah, yeah, I haven't well, seen it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's probably for the best. I, I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say two th- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say two things about it. Which are these? Firstly, um, I saw someone do a tweet, and I wish I think I've spoken about this tweet before on the podcast, but and I wish I could acknowledge who it was because I think it summed it up really well. Uh, and he said something like, "Wow, I really enjoyed that uh, clip where Russell Brand used all the words." Oh yeah, right? I heard you say that. Yeah, um, but. The point he was making, which was about the the fact that in the world right now, the most, the biggest kind of issue, I think, is inequality. Oh yeah, I think like and I think we're getting that, yeah. to a point where the gap between the it, there's been studies that show that the happiest places on earth are the places where the gap between the rich and the poor is the closest. Least. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sure. And in America, more than anywhere in the world, you're looking at a country that, like. Is hooked on convenience. Yes. Like, it's a country that's eating itself to death. Yes. But people are, you know, trapped into these systems where they will never be anything but poor. If you ever see David Simon from The Wire talk about, like, you know, about Baltimore and about that system, like, and about how the whole system is set up to keep these people, 
like dealing drugs and to keep yes. these people in these communities yeah. and to say you can't ever get out of this right. place. And, you know, you're living in a country, well, and I'm living in a country now where, you know, the wealth is con- controlled by such a small percentage of the of, population. Of coal mine owners. And yet, but you can't tell, you can't tell me, I'm all for the idea that people should be able to earn a living on the free market. And I'm right. all for an idea that people should be able to pa- be, a- be able to be paid well to be a CEO of a company. But the the amount between the person who works at the company and actually does the work and makes right. the product or whatever and the person who's the boss who's like cutting jobs so that the shareholders get bigger profits, it's it's out of proportion. Oh, it's insane. And it's out of whack yeah. and something's going to fucking happen. Of course something's going to happen. And what who is going to happen? But see the French, who didn't look at the French Revolution? Like it just, it just happened throughout history. Something eventually, delightful and musical, and Russell Crowe related <laughs> is going to happen. And no, eventually something horrible happens. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't go any other way. It can't. You can't. You can't give people no hope and keep putting the boot on their neck without them finally going. Hold, hold on. There was a certain- I don't care what happens to me anymore. That's when you. That's when it gets really fucked. Is when a bunch of people go. I don't care what happens to me anymore. Which I can't believe we're not there yet because there's a huge segment of our population that is just fucked. That's why I'm trying to step out of the fucking. Like I was talking to someone the other day and they were like. I got offered a job in Australia, uh, uh, like a, a radio job. Yeah. And. No, no, I, I saw that you took it in the. I oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people <laughs> said that I took it, but I, I didn't take it because I wanted to do this free podcast. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, economics. Sadly, that is actually part of the reason. Like, yeah, it was like one of those things where I was like, I wouldn't be out. That, that one of the things, because they were. They actually said to me, you could do the show from LA. They, one of the things they oh, pitched really? me was... Uh, we what know time would that be? Middle of the day. Wow. Breakfast radio in the <laughs> middle of the day. Yeah. It, I, they were very nice about it. And I don't. And look, I also have a bit of a theory of like, I don't like to talk about jobs that I turned down that other people took sure. because I think it's disrespectful. So yeah. we'll talk about this in vague terms, but I just want to make the point, which is that... They were really cool about like, oh, well, maybe you could do this thing in the middle yeah. of the day. Like it could work for you. We know you want to work overseas. Like this yeah. could be... And part of the reason, what the, the the main reason I didn't want to do it was that I think that if you're putting that much, I'd want to do it well, regardless. Sure. Like, I, I'd never want to take a job that I didn't try to do well. Right. So you're going to have to try to be in that world and of that world. And I don't want to care about Kim Kardashian. No. Because I think that... In the past, I was always one of those people like, well, you know what? Whatever people like, if they want to like what they like. Yeah. But... The older I get and the more that I think about it. And I have plenty of those things that I enjoy, by the way. Sports and yeah. Yeah, entertainment and all those yeah. sort of things. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm without fault in this situation. But I'm trying to step away from the breads and circuses. Sure. Because I realize how much the, the people in charge give us those distractions so yeah. that we don't think about well, the what reality. is really, really going on. Yes. It's completely... That's why I never, I never tried to get on shows like Chelsea Handler's show. Like it's just not. That I, was like one of I've, the things when I came back here because I did that show like six or seven times when I first came over to America, yeah. and people were like, "Why aren't you doing Chelsea?" And I said, "Well, they're not banging down my door for a start." Right. But secondly, we haven't put our hand up again because I didn't want to be known for being that sort of comic because then I would have to be that hard. sort of comic. Yeah. You and do. I don't want to talk about that shit. No. I don't want to do jokes about Kim Kardashian because that would no. mean I'd have to watch her show and care about her. 
And it's the same conversation I've had with Mark Marin about why he doesn't really get involved in politics anymore. Because politics in America is sort of the same thing right. as making fun of the Kardashians. Like, as long as you're involved in that bullshit thing about Democrats and Republicans and Fox News and this, that's not the reality of what's going on. The Democrats are fucking rich assholes, and the Republicans are rich assholes. They're all one percenters. There's, that's there's the a, problem. There's only one party, the big business party. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the same in Australia. Like a few years ago, because I used to do quite a lot of political stuff. And a few years ago, I stopped talking about politics at all in my act. Like yeah. I talk about personal politics and right. issues that I think are important. Yeah, like gay, gay marriage is right. something that's a thing that's not really associated to a party. It's just that should be. Right. But yeah. I don't, and you know, with, or climate change or whatever. Yeah. But I don't want to talk about like, you know, oh, yeah, this guy, this and. Tony Abbott. Right. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be involved in that because right. I absolutely agree with you. It's the same shit. I want to talk about what's important. Right. It's fucking, but it's it's like anyway. So, but speaking of movies, I'm going to tell you a fun story. Oh. I, I feel like <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like we got a little bit. Yeah, how are we there. doing? But that's good. I like that. I like that when we talk about important things. Um, so, uh, I went to the movies the other night and I saw a, a movie that I really enjoyed. Uh, American Hustle. Have you seen that film? I haven't seen it yet. I have. I just got it today in, okay. in the mail. Uh, uh, screener. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I would say. I know you're very busy at the moment. I'll probably watch it on uh, Christmas vacation. Right. With your wife? Yes. She wants to really see it. Okay. Oh, Here's that. what I would suggest that you should Am I supposed do. to masturbate? Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> oh, girl, you wear that dress. Oh, my God. No, no, no. <laughs> the, the movie should be called uh, Amy Adams Boobs. Like... <laughs> I've never, like, oh really? my god, so fucking sexy. Really ridiculous because she's that classic sort of girl next door. Yeah, but like, my god, she's hot. Like in yeah. this movie, like this, the, the movie starts, which like, and I'm sitting, so I've gone to ArcLight. You know, yeah, fa- like, very it's got nice a movie. Theater. Very nice for movie rich theater. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful big screen. Uh huh. Like, and so it's like the first or second night it comes out. And uh, I like to sit right down the front of the movies. But in this place, it's not really close. They actually make the first seats. The first seats like are, are designed so that they're kind of in the perfect place. You're not actually looking up at the screen. No. You're, it's like a it's Two like the things. Best There's seat. a really big gap between you and the screen if you're in the front row. Right. Secondly, they lean back. Yes. They lean back further than my seat on my fucking plane leaned back. Yep. So, I like to sit right down the front of the movies, sure. as I've spoken about before, because no matter how many people are at the movies, I like to feel like I'm, I like all the people to be behind me. Right. I feel like the movie's I, on for me. I couldn't agree more. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want other, and you no. know what? I'm very easily distracted as well. Yes. When I went to the Hunger Games, there was this dude fucking two down from me, he kept like, drives me on his phone? phone. The fucking phone? I had that in the Hunger Games too. God, can I just I watch? I want to start my own Hunger Games. Can I just in watch the cinema? people killing each other? Like at, at once. And the thing is, like, I should be able to just block it out, but I can't. Right, I know I can't either. It dry, I, I, and the more, the more it happens, the more I start to go crazy. So when I've gone this night, the whole front row was empty, apart from the two seats right in the middle that someone had already booked. Now, when I do sit down the front, I like to sit as close as possible to the middle because the only sure. thing about the front is. That if you're too far on the side of yeah, the front... Yeah, it doesn't front, work. Because it it's, it's in a semicircle. Right. So you want to be kind of center front if yes. you're going to be in the front. Yes. So I thought, well, I can't sit like the seat next to them. 
Like right. no one else is in the front row. The entire rest then of the center row is it's full. It's weird. That's weird. It's like it's like if you go into a bathroom and there's right. six urinals <laughs> and you walk up right next to the dude. That's yeah, it's that kind of situation. So I but I didn't want to go too far away. Yeah. For the same reason that I didn't want to be so I went how how many seats away from those two do you think is an acceptable amount? I'd go two. I thought two probably was an acceptable amount, but I went one. Okay, that's fair. Because I just went But after. here's the problem with one. Someone could sit there. Well, I was fine with that because if someone sat there and there was empty other seats, I could have moved one further away. Yeah. Would you say anything? Or would I just move? No, I'd just move. And would you say it's not about you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, but it isn't. Well, often what I will, I mean, not often, but sometimes what I will do is if I go into the movies and I've booked like maybe, so, because, you know, you can see where everybody's booked when, you, you know, oh, when yeah. you're going in. Yeah. And, and most of the time when I go to the movies, like it's five minutes before when I'm buying my right. ticket. So, like, I'll look at what the cinema is and I might not sit in the front row. I'll just right. sit in whatever's in front of everybody else. Yes. And then if somebody else comes and sits in front of me and there's no one in the row in front up. of them, I'll just like go down yeah. and I'll sit in front of them. And then you'll say, take that, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> You'll move ourselves <laughs> and then I'll just sit down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I've gone in, I've sat down, no one else in the front row and as lights go down, because one of the things I like about Arclight is that there's um, there's no ads. They right, play there's previews, no ads and there's, there's only no three previews. There's a weird... Uh, you have to put up with uh, a person coming out at the start yeah. and making a little speech. speech. And it, they are owned by Scientology. Oh, are they? Yep. Uh, yeah. That does explain a little bit. To be <laughs> I was like, because they're, they're always very theatrical and it's like, yeah. it's a, like, it's a, like it is a bit culty. Yeah, yeah. And is. I always thought maybe they were just all like actors or whatever that, mm, yeah. you know, but, well, probably both, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, either way, I'm glad I'm not an Arclight member then. I'm not on the... <laughs> Scientology yeah. list. And Jonah Ray used to work there. He was oh. one of the guys that went out and did the speech. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um so I uh went down um went down the front, uh -huh. sat in my chair, uh -huh. lights have gone down, yeah. previews have happened. It's all happening. The other people uh and they're not there. They're not there. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Saw the preview for Robocop? Mm, yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to be great. That's not a good idea. I'm not sure that that's uh, that's first no. Robocop movie is a fan. No, you can't. It's yeah, a I mean, really you great gotta, movie. You got to do it well, or you don't do it. Yeah, and I'm not sure. No, I mean, who knows? But I mean, I'm it's not, not sure. It's not going to be a total recall type failure, right. but uh, you know, it's it's not going to work. So um, they're not there at the start of the film, mm -hmm. and uh, you put your feet up. Well, there's no up to. Oh right, you're in the front front. I'm in the front yeah, row. Yeah. I always so. sit in I always sit in the second row so I can put my feet up. No, I like uh, yeah. there was a guy behind me who actually was doing a little yeah. bit of feet up. Yeah. No, no, I like the feet out. Okay. I, I don't want to go feet up. It's still cramped for me. Okay. I like I like feet out. All right. Um so Take your pants off. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, when I went to see Hunger Games, huh? I did think about sitting on the floor and resting my head on the seat so I could just enjoy Jennifer Lawrence like <laughs> Above me, can I see a skirt? <laughs> Trying to get angles. How, <laughs> but how great would it be if you walked down the front row and there was just a guy with his pants off, just like this is it, man? Well, if there was ever going to be a movie with a guy with his pants off, 
I'm going to say American Hustle. American Hustle. Oh, no. Okay. I, okay, so before I get to what happened, I, I would quickly, I'm not going to do any spoilers or anything, but um, I've, it's a two, two hour and 20 minute movie, yeah. which for me is like, you know, it's got to be a pretty good movie for me to, yeah. to go that long. Yeah. Um, so I found the first 20 minutes, I wasn't sure whether I was going to like it or not. Yeah. In fact, the first 20 minutes, I was kind of a bit like, oh, I don't know if I can do another two hours of this. Uh-huh. But at least for me, it was a movie that if you immerse yourself if in you this world. you let yourself go with so, it. So this is what I was going to say about if you watch it on a screener, make mm-hmm. sure you don't, make sure it's not like one of those things where you're doing other things. Gotcha. Like Make sure it's one of those things where you're just like, we are going to watch this movie yeah. and we're just going to watch it. Okay. Because I think that part of its real joy is you get caught up in the world and the pace and everything that yeah. it creates and it's incredibly funny like i laughed which was unexpected to me i didn't expect how funny i was going to find it yeah like i probably laughed more in that movie than yeah, I heard most comedy movies i that heard I, there's a lot of comedy jennifer lawrence is really funny yeah she's great but everyone is really yeah. funny in it i think the performances are fantastic there's an unexpected cameo at the end which is really I heard, lovely i, I heard i heard two comics talking about it they right gave that up there's yeah there's some really and by the end i i was really like i walked out of that going i really really enjoyed this Good. film so early on my first big laugh that i got um oh so here's what happened so just as the lights have gone down yeah and the movie's about to start yeah because i'm thinking maybe i'll shuffle over to those middle seats sure. like they're not here yeah maybe i'll take those seats right no nope. They come in. Yeah. Right. Arclight, Arclight is renowned for long lines at the concession stand. Right. Yeah. No, 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 no. They didn't no. have any. They didn't have any. They were just latecomers? No popcorn. No no, uh, no drinks. They've and come the in. cool thing about Arclight is you cannot buy a ticket after the movie starts. Right. So these people already had tickets. Yeah. No, they've come in under the cloak of darkness. Yes. Which will turn out to be important to like the story. Like goblins. But I did not know that at the time. Okay. So they've just come in late. I didn't really clock who they were. It was dark. Right. So, about 20, 25 minutes in, I have my first really big laugh. Yeah. And it's a laugh that takes me by surprise. And as people who've listened to this podcast or ever heard me laugh will know, sometimes I get a second wind on a laugh. Yeah, yeah. Where I have like a good laugh, but then I have a laugh of going, oh my God, I'm really, I'm, really enjoying this. Yes. And I can't really control that laugh. No, you shouldn't. Well, you know what? <laughs> There's a part of me that wishes I could. There's a part of me that sometimes I don't need texts from people going, hey, were you at this live recording of this? Because I can hear your laugh. I got people from your... Your laughter is very distinct on my album. On your album, people were like, I can hear you laughing, right? And I don't want to be... I've never wanted to be like, hey, everyone, I'm laughing. Right. Because I think that's like you're taking away then from... The performance. Right. And some of the most embarrassing times in my life have been if I'm seeing a mate or like I'm at a show or whatever. Yeah. And I laugh at a joke a bit harder than everybody else does because it's a great joke or it's a comics joke. Sure. But the comic on stage doesn't know it's me, references the laugh. And yeah. And it becomes that awkward thing of going, I don't want to be like in the show. Right. I just was really enjoying your, enjoying your, your joke. joke. Nobody else did. It came out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I so I don't actually really enjoy that, but in the movie in the dark, who gives a fuck? I'm right. just having a good time, right? Yeah. So just as my second laugh has kicked in, uh-huh. dude next to me has kicked in with like a cackle like mine, exact same timing. Shut up. Like, and I'm just like, yeah, 
man. Nice. I'm like, you know what? I was fucking hating that you came in a minute ago because I wanted your sweet seats, but I'm enjoying your laugh. Like, we've enjoyed this, like... I've enjoyed this, right? I'm getting a little bit worried about where this is going. Second uh, second big laugh. Yep. He and I, same fucking, like, again, yeah. same laugh. Yeah. And I'm like, I've got to clock this guy. I've got to see, like, you know, yeah. wh- who this dude is. Yeah. Who's like, you know, enjoying this movie as much as I am. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. He has a. I'm sorry. He has a horrible laugh. Right. I've been in movie theaters. He's in. He has a horrible. Right. Like, your laugh isn't that bad. But he your has, laugh is nowhere near that. But he also has an out of time laugh. Yes, like he mine. does. Like he has that pause and then yeah. laugh. Yeah. And so I sat next to QT and watched uh, American Hustle. And I must admit that we laughed at about ninety percent of the same things. But the weird thing was, on the times where I laughed at things and he didn't laugh, I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> well, were you for me then, uh, QT? I mean. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He and, uh, he and his girlfriend or some girl he was with anyway. I have a movie theater Quentin Tarantino story. Go, sir. I'm in Speed, the original Speed. Yeah. <laughs> Not the one on the boat? No, <laughs> I'm, do- I'm doing Speed. <laughs> and me and... Uh, uh, so it's me and a bunch of comics, and mm-hmm. he used to hang out with comics back then. He, used yeah. to, he was always around. Did he date Margaret Cho for a while? Yeah, he dated Margaret. Yeah. So, so we're all on this row of speed waiting for it to start, and I just hear this loud, annoying guy making all this noise, and just and I look at the girl I, I think I was dating, and I go, Jesus Christ, who the fuck is that? Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Greatest American movie director of modern times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, don't ever say that to me again. <laughs> Don't ever say that to me again. I know. I know that you have issues with his, uh, like exactly. a whole bunch of things that you have issues with him. But I love his movies. I um, used to. Uh, we should finish up because uh, you know uh, you you've got a life, and I've got a roof. Did you go long? Yeah, that's, that's just a minute. It's like an hour and ten. Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I do want to say. Uh, oh well, firstly, um, uh, I'm going to put up some uh, best ofs and stuff over Christmas. Uh, Justin Hobson, who's been doing the. Uh, I think we've uh, talked about this before, best of episodes with Charlie, uh, and he's been doing such a great job, so thank you to Justin for doing that, and thank you to everyone who's been making posters of the movies and stuff that we've been talking about on the podcast. There's been some really cool stuff. I was talking to a, a journalist who, who rang to talk about um, iTunes, you know, calling it the best podcast of, of, oh, yeah. of the year, and... Uh, she was interviewing me about it and she was talking about, she said, oh, what's it like to beat all the other podcasts? And I said, oh, you so don't understand what this is. I said, like, this is this is not radio. We're not right. up against each other. Right. You can listen to all the oh. podcasts. It's a yeah. community. Yeah. This is the great thing about it. Here's some podcasts that I like. I said, but you know what? I said, the greatest thing about it is when, you know, when we riff an idea for a stupid film or whatever, and the yeah. next day I go on the Facebook page and someone's made like a poster for that thing, or they've like, yeah, yeah put the quotes up on the internet, or they've like, you know, whatever, they've taken part in it yeah. and they've enjoyed it. That's, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be in your world where it's all about competition, competition and yeah. it's got to be about this. It's got to be about like, you know, I, I, I'm one of my favorite things is when people say, hey, I, I, like I found walking the room through this or I found like yeah. I love Green God Letters through this or yeah. Little Dum Dum Club or whatever it is you know people, Matt Kirshen came on the podcast recently uh-huh. and was really fantastic and people kind of went out and found his podcast yeah. and been giving me feedback and stuff so it's been um, it's been really cool oh I might give a little update on that so 
I spoke on um, uh, on Matt's podcast because he's friends with a girl called uh, Karen Gillen. Karen Gillen. And uh, she uh, played. Uh, she well, she was in Doctor Who. She played Amy. Oh, okay. And uh, she, I loved her on Doctor Who. Uh-huh. Like, loved her in a way that like makes me feel a bit weird. You sure. Know, like, gotcha. And uh, he's friends with her, and I was like, oh, I don't, oh. I'm not sure that I could meet her. Like, oh, I no. feel like that would be weird. Goes, you know, she lives just near your house. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, what? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Like, it's made me feel weird about going out of the house. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not like in an agoraphobic way, but I mean, in a like, I feel like I should always dress up when I go out. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah. I, you know, just in case. Yeah, you don't know. So. I um, I ran into her when I was having breakfast really? the other day. So we were having breakfast at, at Hugo's just down the road uh-huh. from here, and she was like, I was having a breakfast alone, and she was having a breakfast alone yeah. at the next table, and I was like, should I go and say hello or yeah. should I just like yeah. let it go? And mm. so I went in the bathroom and checked how I looked. Yes. <laughs> and then I came back and I uh, I went and said hello. I just yeah. I just really quickly said hello. I said I was like a big fan, and yeah. I think we have a mutual friend, and I, you know talked about that and you know that was that's that it. was it i yeah. let it let it be you but did, you see, did you see nice eggs <laughs> hey you like those eggs <laughs> <laughs> um uh so uh i wanted to um oh well so, so firstly do you have anything that you want to plug can we, so walking the room is your podcast the dollar we're gonna, we're gonna, dollar we're gonna put up a, i just don't have any time we're gonna put up the uh, best of this week also what year one year in one because you were there for the audition story oh yeah and right, then, that is one of my favorite and stories. And then Justin, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And Justin Hamilton's clown story is one of the other ones. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything to plug. I'm just working on Marin, and it's exhausting. It's 12-hour days, and I'm, yeah. Well, I appreciate that you squeezed this in. I'm going to, um, uh, if uh, people listening in LA, I'm doing set list at Flappers this weekend. So Friday and Saturday night uh, at Flappers, I'm doing set list. And uh, then from the 27th through to uh, New Year's Eve, I am at uh, Comedy Works South in uh, Denver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Have you done that one yet? No. So I did the other one. I did the you're downtown pretty, one you're last pretty, time. I would rent a car. Uh, you know what? It's going to snow. I'm not going to oh, go okay. anywhere. I'm just going to work it's pretty, on my it's, new show. It's really isolated. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. around there. No, no, no. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I've, okay. I've already decided that. Because I'm working on the new show, I'm I'm just gonna go, and I've got a heap of shows while I'm there. Like yeah. I get in on the Friday, I got a double, because it's because uh, it's New Year's. Yeah. So I get in on a Friday, I got a double Friday, I got a double Saturday, I got a Sunday show, I got Monday off, then I got like Tuesday, which is New Year's, so I got yeah. three shows oh, okay. on Tuesday. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm just gonna work during the day. Yeah. Like on my show, on my new show. That's what I did when I was there. I just worked, and they have a nice gym. So. Yeah, I quite like yeah. the idea of just not. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just I'll do the shows at night. I'll work on my new show during the day. And yeah. It'll be a nice little, you know, boot camp of me ha- having to do nothing. Yeah. But that. If anyone's listening in Denver though, and they can get me weed though, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, that'd be great. Rick and Mick, yeah. you, you've just uh, <laughs> you've just gotten a request. I mean, it's yeah, he's it's a legal. Fa- he's, there a, now. he's a fan down there that uh, okay, I don't know. Cool. I don't know if he can help you out with pot, but he he's. Uh, yeah. Well, he's I'm sure he'd know someone, right? Yeah. Rick's <laughs> got Rick's got to know somebody. It's Denver. Yeah. Um. I haven't had any weed for about three weeks now. I'm so I'm. Wow. Yeah, I know. How's that? It's good. I'm trying to clear my head, and I'm working a mm-hmm. lot, so I'm just. But 
I think over that period of time, if I'm going to be if <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be trapped in a hotel room for yeah. a week, yeah, sure, in a place where weed is legal, yes, <laughs> that will be just rubbing oh, it in my yeah. face if yeah. someone can't yeah. can't get me some of that. And uh, I uh, I want to plug my Australian tour because Adelaide. Brisbane, Melbourne, and Sydney are all on sale for the Willuminati tour. Um, I uh, I know that Sydney, because I'm doing the Sydney Comedy Festival for the first time, I've never done it before, it's their 10th uh -huh. year anniversary, and uh, I normally do my shows at the end of the year, but because I'm obviously over here now, right. I'm going to do the Sydney Comedy Festival for their 10th year anniversary, and... We put the shows on sale like a couple of weeks ago. They're not until May and we've sold like 20% of the tickets already. So wow. if people want to come and see the Sydney shows in particular, but Adelaide, Brisbane and Melbourne, um, they're all on sale. Maybe yeah. if you want to get someone to give you one for Christmas or yeah. or that sort of thing, uh, that'd be really cool. Uh, if you like the show, rate it on iTunes uh, and, you know, like tweet about it or, you know, do all those sort of things. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Dave, uh, yeah. as I mean, it's been a little while since we've had it you. It has been a while. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so nice to have you back, though. Right? Back in the so old good, seat. Man. It's, it's good. Yeah. I feel like this roof thing has it's worked, too, don't you think? Yeah, it's great. Maybe we'll do a lot of roof casts. Yeah. <laughs> roof casts. It's a new cast. <laughs> Total we're freedom. It, we're taking it to the roof like uh, the Beatles. Yeah, I hope people could hear the helicopter. I right. think that really would add something. Yeah, I mean, it is like the Beatles. It can be yeah. like one of the... Well, then you two who ripped off the Beatles. Yeah, they did it pretty great, though. Oh, they did do it great. Yeah. But we're the first people to do it for a fucking podcast. That's right. Look at the crowd down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. There was helicopters. <laughs> Shit was going down. Uh, sign out for us, if you will. Flow Flover!